Welcome to Nancy Wilson's Femina Podcast. This audio is brought to you by Canon Press. If you've been enjoying Nancy's podcast, I want to ask if you'd leave us a rating and a review on whichever platform you're using. Those ratings and reviews really mean a lot, and it helps get the podcast in front of people who have never heard it before. Cheers. Well, hello and welcome to the Feminine Podcast. This is Nancy Wilson, and thanks so much for joining me today. So I want to finish up on the subject of the world of flesh and the devil today. And so I'm going to talk about temptation and the devil. But first to just recap. So remember, the world is trying to get you to conform to its standards, thus pressing you into its mold. Peer pressure etc. The flesh is urging you to get angry, to speak before you think, to indulge in petty resentments, to give way to your emotions, etc. And the devil offers tempting morsels of sin. So if we didn't have a savior, we would be unable to stand against these forces. I mean, who could stand? And you'd look around and we see people who are completely given over to the world and their flesh and the devil, right? They are lost. They have no savior. They can't do it on their own. They just give way. And so we see, oh, particularly, oh my goodness, we see people who do not fear God. And we see them in our culture today in high places, and they do not fear God. And they are captive of the devil and the world, and the flesh. So if we didn't have a Savior, we would be totally unable to stand against these forces. But thanks be to God, we do have a Savior. And we have God's Word to teach us how to follow Him, and how to recognize and resist the devil, as well as the flesh and the world. So, of course, this means we have to be women of the Word, and we have to be serious about our Christian faith, and our Christian life, and our Christian walk. That it's not a hobby. It is the central thing we are concerned with is walking faithfully before the Lord and being in his word. So today, I'm taking on a topic like the devil, there are so many verses. So I'm just, <laughs> if I go over my normal 10 minutes or whatever it is, you'll understand why. So here are just a few of the verses that have to do with who the devil is and what he's like. Revelation 12, 9, great place to start here. It's so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. All right, so we learn from this. He is a deceiver. He deceives the whole world. And that's why people are blind and they can't see, and they don't understand and know the truth because they have been deceived. And that is the mission of the devil. He is the dragon. He's the serpent in the Garden of Eden, and he's known as the devil or Satan. There you go. That's a great... <laughs> now we're beginning. Uh, John eight forty four. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. 
When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. All right. Jesus says, the devil is a murderer and he has been since day one. He doesn't stand in the truth because there's not a bit of truth in him. And he speaks lies because he is a liar and the father of all lies. And lies are his native language. He specializes in lies and in doubts. So, heads up, when you are tempted to tell a lie, guess who is trying to get you to do that? If you have told a lie and it is still on your conscience, please, by all means, confess it. Confess it to God and confess it to the person you lied to. Take care of it immediately. But if it's been years, still take care of it. It's never too late. Just confess it. You might say, oh, I'd feel so stupid or foolish. No, every temptation to put it off is also coming from the same source. So be free of it, confess it, and be done with it. He specializes in lies. He specializes in doubts. You know, did God really say, if you are really the son of God, Remember how he tempted Christ. This is who he is. And I maybe said this here once before, but I remember many years ago now when the newspaper in our little town was, uh, when we still read it, the letters to the editor or the, the reporting stories about our church. And I say, Doug, this is like, these are lies. Like, how can they just publish lies about us? And I remember him saying, honey, that's the only weapon the devil has is lies. And it was really helpful to me because it just makes sense. Well, of course they're going to lie. Of course the devil's going to lie about us. And of course people are going to believe the lies the devil is telling them about us. So there you go. Consider the source <laughs> and not just the person saying the lie, but where it's coming from, the source. All right. Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. All right. This means there are times we should be angry. It's a righteous anger, but don't go to bed on it. Don't go to bed on it. Give it to God and confess your own sins. Forgive in your heart whatever the wrong was, and then go to bed. Because if you go to bed on anger, you're going to wake up in the morning and you have given the devil a place. You have prepared a nice bed for him. And don't do that. It's, a, it's like inviting snakes in, right? Why would you do that? So don't go to bed angry. Because when we go to bed with any sin, but particularly this one is what we're being called out about from Paul in Ephesians. If you go to bed tweaked and angry and upset, you are inviting the devil uh, to join you. You're giving a place to him. So don't do it. When your spirit is troubled or angry, as in this verse, it draws the devil and draws his lies like a magnet. So get it right. Do not sleep on it. You know, take heed to your soul. If you love your own soul, don't go to bed with a lie. Don't go to bed with anger. Thomas Watson, the wonderful Puritan pastor, said, the devil loves to fish in troubled waters. And so when we are upset or agitated or anxious or angry, we, the waters are troubled. And so it's good fishing. And the devil can come and catch some fish and, and um, make it worse. 
And my husband's very fond of saying, no matter how bad it is, you can always make it worse. (laughs) And aren't those encouraging words? (laughs) But what that means is you need to repent now. Don't make it worse. If you don't get things right, it will be worse tomorrow. So get your heart right now. Don't put it off. First Timothy uh, 3, 7 refers to the snare of the devil, as it does in 2 Timothy 2, 26, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. The devil lays a snare for us. He has a trap, and so often we walk right into it. And when you're in a trap, you are, you're captive. And then it says, you're captive by him to do his will. Now you will do my will. So the devil can trap us. He can make us his captives. In fact, before we were saved, we were in that trap. But the gospel is what sets us free from this snare. And we're no longer captive. But we can still be enticed if we're not careful. So you may have been set free but you can still choose to take the wrong path and get yourself ensnared again in trouble. I'm not saying you can lose your salvation, but you can make your Christian life a mess. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober, be vigilant. Why? That's not in the verse. That's me interrupting and saying, why? Back to the verse. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So we are called as Christian women to be sober, not daydreaming. We're paying attention, eyes open, watching out, and vigilant, not lazy, not coasting, heads up, keeping an eye out. Why? Because we have an enemy, we have an adversary, and the devil is keeping an eye out himself to see whom he may devour. You are more intimidating when you are walking with Christ, your Savior, your protected. He is looking for uh, the lazy Christian. He is a lion, and this would be, it would be pretty disturbing and worrisome, except we do know he has lost the battle, and Christ has won. And until God deals with him in a completely final way, we are still going to be battling temptation. And just a note here, a little side note, it's not that the devil is God's opposite, okay? He is If he has an opposite, it's just one of God's impressive angels like Gabriel or Michael or I assume something like that. He is a created being. He is not like an equal force, but a negative evil force. No, no, God is far superior. And so he can only be in one place at one time. He's finite. He is not infinite. So I am not saying if you're being tempted, it's necessarily the devil but it could be one of his squad, all right? If you've ever read the screw tape letters, you know what I'm talking about, and I just recommend that to you. It's, it's a great work of C.S. Lewis's. But the fallen angels who work under him may be the ones that you're having to deal with, but it doesn't matter, and we don't need to overthink this too much. We just mean we keep our eyes peeled. We are being vigilant. We're not asleep at the wheel. We're not inviting the enemy into our homes in the form of entertainment or stupid books or stupid websites or silly conversations. We're really seeking to honor God in all we do. And like I said before, that means 
you say something out of line or foolish or unkind or a lie and you put it right immediately. You guys, please forgive me. That was unkind and uncalled for and I was out of line. You know, we don't let our pride get in the way of taking care of sin. And as far as the devil is concerned, we're not left to defend ourselves by ourselves. Thank the Lord, right? Uh, James 4, 7 says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. God has provided a way out of temptation. When you are tempted, and there may be areas that you can think of right away, it's like, oh, that, that sin. I'm always stumbling at that sin. It's sometimes what we call a besetting sin. So in order to find your way out of this, it's going to require some practice, right? So first of all, you submit to God. You get under his feet. Then you're in a position to resist the devil. And you put up some resistance, right? It could be confessing your sin. It could be rejecting whatever the sinful temptation is outright. Saying, I submit to God. I am under his feet. I serve the Lord Jesus. And I'm not interested in listening to this. Or I'm not interested in watching this or reading this or no, imagining this, whatever the field of battle is. And then he will flee. So you do these things. You don't get them out of order. You don't resist the devil and then submit to God. It's like, no, submit to God, who is your maker. And then you have the authority in Christ to resist the devil. And then he'll flee. He will disappear. He'll go find someone else to bother. So, like I said, it means we have to be serious Christians. We're not just playing a little game, living in a pretend world. This is real, and we want to please God. So, God would not tell us to be strong and to resist a force like the devil unless he was going to equip us and arm us as we submit to him. So, he will prepare us and arm us so we're ready. And so we're not just wiped out or devoured, etc., or caught in his snare. Ephesians 6, you're probably very familiar with this. The armor, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So we're not wimpy. We've been given so much in Christ. We're strong in him and we have his power. Then he goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God. And as you think about this, well, and it says um, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the wiles, the tricks, lies, and deception, and so forth. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day having done all to stand. And then if you want to uh, read these, it's verses 14 through 18 and so on in in Ephesians 6, where it describes this armor, which is really all about Christ. It's putting on Christ. It's his righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. So it's Father, Son, and Spirit. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. In conclusion, (laughs) the Christian life is not one that 
is about drifting. No, we have to be very intentional. It requires much of us to follow Christ. And it's such a wonderful deliverance to be forgiven, to see the world the way it really is, to see black and white. You can see what's true, what's false. It's not all foggy and weird and confusing. It's like, no, God has made it plain. He has given us his spirit and enabled us to be watchful and to persevere. And especially through these very weird times we are in, we need to be equipped to think straight, to not be pushed around by the world, to not be ensnared by the devil, to not let our flesh drag us around wherever it wants to go. No, but not only is a lot required of us, but so much has been given to us and equipped us so that we can do this. So ask God again to renew your mind, to keep you from worldliness, to help you to reckon that flesh dead and give it no power over you, and to resist the devil by submitting to God first. He is using all of these things to make us into mature people so that we, are, we just are growing stronger, not weaker. And we are getting better at this and we're getting wiser as we apply these things. And so this is our calling and this is our joy, following Christ. And so I hope, <laughs> hope this encourages you and I hope you have a wonderful day. And that as you go through these next days, you know, whatever God has for us, as I'm recording this, it's inauguration day. And so we need more than ever to have our head up, eyes open, taking heed to our souls, not letting the world push us around and tell us what to do, and to submit to God and resist the devil. He will flee. So God bless you and keep you. And thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you.